What is up, everybody? Hope everybody had a great weekend. Hope everybody had a great start to the week. It is Monday evening, and I want to start off by talking about somebody I've talked about just a few times, or on every single episode. Last time I spoke on here, I mentioned the unnecessary hype around the Aaron Rodgers situation, or unnecessary drama, whatever you want to call it. About the contract he supposedly turned down, which added two years onto his current three-year deal, which would have made him the highest-paid player in the game right now. What did I say to that? Same thing I've always said. Just relax. I believe he'll be there around August 1st, which is what the real A-Rod wanted in the first place. Since the last episode, there's been two huge reports, one involving multiple sports books. Betting across the country, bracing for an Aaron Rodgers retirement. Which my first thought was, wow, I'm going to have to eat my words on episode six of this thing. Then today, another report comes out that Rodgers has told people close to him that he does intend to play for Green Bay this year. Exactly what I thought. I was right all along. Me clinging on to that August 1st vote of his. Prove my opinion correct. But wait, there's more. I was actually wrong on one thing with this whole situation. I was guessing he would play the remainder of his three years in the contract, then either retire or go to a West Coast team. But now his contract has been altered. It's still three years remaining. But as to where if things don't change or go the way he really wants them to, not necessarily he, they lose in the playoffs, whatever, but if Green Bay kind of handles things how they usually do now and the thing changes, then you get the point. He can, he can leave after this year or request a trade, whatever, which is smart on Green Bay's part. They don't need another Brett Favre situation, which wasn't all on the Packers, but you get my point. Speaking of NFL quarterbacks not liking their respective teams they're on. And I use the term respective loosely. Deshaun Watson has reported to Houston Texans training camp. He still wants to be traded. Don't get it twisted. But frankly, I don't blame him. He's gotten the crap kicked out of him ever since he stepped into Houston. Due to the makeshift offensive line. Good old Bob. Bill O'Brien trading away virtually everyone valuable to that team. And now the owner's refusing to trade him, not giving him any sort of input on the new head coach. And if you think Watson's whining about this and, oh, he's making millions, oh, he's a quarterback, oh, what does he have to complain about? Well, think about it this way. If you're the star, if you are a star employee of your company, wherever it is you work, and the owner of that said company is hiring a new manager or leader and they say they'll let you have input They go behind your back and hire someone without any sort of explanation, any sort of notice, not telling you about anything, wouldn't you be mad? I bet you'd be pretty mad. I'd be mad. Why wouldn't you? You know, and let alone anyone remotely good or with little experience or even any experience. Then all of a sudden we're up to, and I'm kind of getting off track here, but this is how the offseason has been for Watson. It seems like everything's getting off track. 
And all of a sudden, we're up to 20 or more lawsuits against women, against, not women, against Watson, Watson uh, relating to sexual harassment. That's suspicious timing, right? What's even more suspicious is that the lawyer on all these cases is, I believe, the Texas Texans owner and neighbor. Owner's neighbor. Sorry, can I talk? I believe the guy's name is Busby. If I have that right. Anyways, very suspicious. It, it all boiled down to an... This all boiled down to an unusual offseason, to say the least. And now we're here. NFL training camps right around the corner is preseason. Watson is requesting a trade. Still... And Texans are asking for three high picks or high-quality players or kind of a little bit of both. No, not three high picks and three high-quality players, but you get the point in this trade. It can happen, but here's a thing, I, a team that I think is most capable of putting this trade together, Denver Broncos. They've got picks. They've got the players. Players, I say they can trade Cortland Sutton. Um, maybe even Melvin Gordon, Von Miller. Um, they don't want to really trade any way of their stars, but if you still got some decent pieces around that team, you got a decent offensive line now. Vic Fangio is not a terrible coach yet. I don't. I wouldn't put him on the hot seat just yet. If they get Deshaun Watson, that could really help him out. I'm not saying they could take over the Chiefs in the division, but. Denver would have to be insane to not try it. Anyways, off the NFL for a moment. Top 10 quarterbacks headed into the season later on. On to college ball for a minute, for a minute, or college sports, I should say. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma have officially announced that they will be joining the SEC once their current contracts with the Big Twelve end in twenty twenty five. My opinion: If you're a Big Twelve fan, forget them. If you're an SEC fan, tune up games at its finest. No disrespect to Texas and the OU football programs in general or sport programs in general, but I don't believe this is this is for one thing. I don't believe the Longhorn Network will fly in the SEC. No offense to the Big 12. I'm not saying they're pushovers. Well, maybe. But you know the SEC won't let it go on. And I know Texas and OU got a few years to get the recruiting up to par with the SEC, but I don't see them making immediate impact. I believe it's 2025 is the first year they'd be there. Or 2026. One of those years. Anyways. Now on to the Big 12. They've got some more to do. But I don't think they should be referred to as the Big 8. Or look forward to being a mid-major conference. There's no reason they can't go back to the Big 12. I feel like it go like this. Right now, you've got the original eight in Oklahoma State, Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, West Virginia, Baylor, TCU, and Texas Tech. 
And then the four I would like to see them add is Nebraska, Missouri, Iowa, and Boise State. I'm not exactly sure how that would work. I know there's other conferences that I won't run down right now, but it is something to look forward to. Speaking of something to look forward to, on to baseball. We had the all-star break. Everybody's looking for the second half of their team. Whether their team is great and they've got a playoff push coming, or the team is bad and they're going to see what their team sells sells because there's buyers or sellers at the trade deadline for baseball. Are you buying to win now or are you selling to win later? I'm not going to go over every team, but I will go over the Royals and Nationals like I always do. And I'm not going to talk much about the Nationals. The only bright spot on this team currently is Juan Soto. The rest is pretty brutal. And don't get me wrong, they don't need a full-on rebuild. But a pitcher's rebuild would do. The 3-7 and seven record since the All-Star break says it all. They've got the bats. They've got the offense. But when the only real bright spot on the pitching staff is Max Scherzer and John Lester, that's not good at all. The sky isn't falling in D.C., but it's not pretty either. On to the Royals. The first series after the All-Star break kind of spelled doom for the Royals. Losing the series to the worst team in baseball, or the American League at least, wasn't good. They got that Monday off, then proceeded to sweep the Brewers and the Tigers. Brewers are a pretty good team in the National League. Detroit isn't good, but isn't that what you're supposed to do if you're a good team? Sweep the bad ones, right? Royals' record definitely isn't as bad as their record states. They started 16-9, had a bad May, not a great June, but it wasn't terrible. July was indeed bad at first, but now it's looking pretty good again. Yes, they are 42-55, and 55, 13 games under 500. Yes, they are 16 games out of first place. But second place is very doable for the boys in blue. 6-2 and two since the All-Star break. And currently are winning 2-0 against the White Sox. And believe it or not, Jorge Soler has been a home run machine the past 10 games. Yeah, home run machine. He had two home runs yesterday. He has two home runs today already. It is not even the sixth inning yet. They're in the bottom of the fifth right now as I speak. I'm just going to say keep it up, boys. But it's something I am going to say. There is a Whit Merrifield trade rumor. Seems like it's been that way for the past few years. The only reason I'd be happy if there's a Whit Merrifield trade rumor is that means Bobby Wood Jr., Edward Oliveras, and Nick Prado get called up. Or all three somehow. Other than that, ride this winning streak and build into next year, or maybe even a wild card this year. We shall see. Staying on Kansas City for a moment, Sporting KC was back in action on Sunday night, beating the number one ranked team in the Western Conference the Seattle Sounders, 3-1. That leaves Sporting in second place, but inching closer and closer to first. I'm starting to believe Sporting KC breaks that eight-year MLS Cup drought this year. And if not that, just another MLS playoff berth for the boys in baby blue. Yes, I call them that. Keep it up, Kansas City.
So last season, or last episode, not last season, last episode I did a segment talking about, or three words to describe each NFL team. Today I'm doing top 10 quarterbacks entering the NFL season. I will do segments, not for every episode, but at least one episode a week on the current state of the NFL. Quarterbacks, power rankings, what I think of games, divisional standings, jokes, whatever you want to come up with. But like I said, today I'm going to do top 10 quarterbacks during the NFL season. I'm going to start with my honorable mentions. It's two. Matt Ryan. He's got a new bolt of energy in his career with head coach Arthur Smith and rookie Kyle Pitts at tight end. Also new running back in Mike Davis. This is his first time in a while having kind of this new free agent that will actually make, an, a, make a difference. No offense to Todd Gurley. And a new tight end. Some Probably the best tight end. They've had since Tony Gonzalez. I know he hasn't played it down yet in the NFL, but I'm, I, I've just got a feeling for him. Matt Stafford. He's finally got it all with the Rams. It's time for him to show how much he wants to win. He showed plenty of flash, flashes in that dumpster fire up north. There's no reason he can't do anything now. And if he can't, I guess he was never that good in the first place. Starting at number 10, Ryan Tannehill. You know what Tannehill is capable of? He's got a new offense to play with. It's all there for him. Sink or swim, bud. Kyler Murray. Again, sink or swim. It's sink or swim for a few of these guys on here. All this kid needs to do is realize he's got Hopkins and he's got the speed. If he relies on those two things, he will nearly be unstoppable. Justin Herbert at number eight. He was rookie of the year for a reason. He's got an arm. He's mobile. He's a leader. Right now, I'm just sure Herbert is, Herbert is hoping there's no sophomore slump headed his way. Number seven, Lamar Jackson. His deep ball is concerning, and so is his big game numbers. But he's got some receiver help finally. But this is why he's top ten and not top five. He's not very trustworthy just yet in certain moments. Number six is Tom Brady. Yes, he is the GOAT right now. I'm not doubting him by any means, but he is 43 years old. Father Time is undefeated. We'll just have to see if Father Time gets him this year, or, hey, maybe not at all. Maybe he retires right on time, but we'll see. Number five is Dak. Prescott ahead of Brady will get me a lot of heat, but he was playing the best we've ever seen from Dak until he got hurt. But now he's back, healthy, playing on that leg already, With the weapons he has, there's no reason he shouldn't go off. Sink or swim for him as well. Russell Wilson, another sink or swim guy. We all know the offseason he had. He complained about his line, complained about the coaching, complained about the offensive coordinator. What do you want to call it? Just complain, complain, complain. Not trying to put him down or anything, but I'm going to say some realized, including myself, some of this is on Russ. Hanging on to the ball too long whatever you want to call it. But it's all there for him now. And for the most part, it's been there. Everyone is watching closely. Now he's just got to play a bit smarter with the ball. He has the most incredible deep ball I've seen ever. Um, Like I said, he's got it all there, sink or swim. Number three is Josh Allen. He had a monster year. Better than Mahomes. Nearly as good as Rodgers almost, the league MVP. But it was his first year doing so. He's got Stephon Diggs. He's got Cole Beasley. 
Maybe. Not going to get into that. But he's got the team around him. He's got the trust around him. He's got the city of Buffalo behind him. He's going to do fine. Number two is Patrick Mahomes. The Super Bowl loss was not on him at all. But partially, at at the same time, it kind of was. He's got to be more efficient. There's nothing wrong with going for the check down. You don't have to chuck it every play. Whatever happened to chipping away at leads? Not everyone is the Houston Texans or a Kyle Shanahan-led team in the Super Bowl. It's okay to just chip away at the lead if you get down early. I mean, he's part owner of the Royals. He should know what that's like. Number one is Aaron Rodgers. He was MVP for a reason. He's got the mobility still. The arm is as accurate as it's ever. And the offseason he had... He's got something to prove. I feel like he will be godlike on the field this year, which is scary for possibly everyone. And if that's the case, just skip the year. You already know how it's going to end. Another episode, another segment of me introducing myself to everyone. This one is my top five favorite Marvel characters. That's a comic book world, or the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, I've mentioned the entertainment side of, side of my show is involved in music, movies, TV shows, comics. Now, I won't dive deep into those like I do with sports, because this is mainly sports. I'd say it's a good fraction of 85% sports, 15% movies. And stuff like that. Um, there's going to be some days where the entertainment weighs out the sports. That's very rare. Most days the sports will weigh out the entertainment side of this. However, here's my list. I'm going to say number one is Spider-Man. He's always been my favorite ever since Tobey Maguire and back in the Back in Black comic book series. Number two is the Hulk. The 2003 film wasn't great, but that's what initially got me into him. Ever since, I've loved, ever since then, I've loved every single comic book I've read of him, every single cartoon, every single movie. I just love the Hulk. I don't know why. Number three is Daredevil. Again, I've liked Daredevil since it's a standalone 2003 film. And every single comment I've read of him is I've read with him in it. I think it's just great. It also might be a Stan Lee thing. I think Stan Lee is great. Rest in peace to Stan Lee. Number four is Venom. He's just kind of a lovable villain, in my opinion. It, he's just kind of comical. <laughs> comical, get it? Comic? Yeah, anyways. Um, also kind of one of those villains you really don't want to mess with. It's just Everything about him is entertaining. Number five is Carnage. He's like Venom, but crazier and more psychotic. And I, for one, absolutely cannot wait until Venom 2 comes out with him and Venom and hopefully a Spider-Man cameo. We'll wait and see. Anyways, that's all for you guys, got for you guys today. Um, I was going to talk kind of a little bit more WWE today, but kind of wanted to... I'm trying to keep that to like a once-a-week thing just because there's only so much you can talk about because basically everything you could talk about, you can read on Bleacher Report. It just kind of depends on the weekend. Or the week, I should say, for it. Um, Anyways, everyone enjoy the rest of their week. 
to my Royals fans out there, enjoy the game right now. They're winning three to zero. That would be great if they could sweep Chicago. That would be great for them. They'd be right up in third place if that's the case. Anyways, everyone enjoy the rest of the week. I'm out.